Art on the Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yamo. Go With Yamo is an art exhibition app which helps you to find the exhibitions, art fairs and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location. So the one closest to you will be at the top of the list. But if you're planning a trip, you can, of course, change your location to a different city. What makes the app really fun is that when you are at an exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibition tickets, books and more. Go With Yamo also create custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. You can find all of these on their website, along with some great blog content, including artist interviews, exhibition recommendations, quizzes and reviews. The art app is free to download from the App Store and the Google Play Store, so make sure you check it out and visit their website, www.gowithyamo.com. That's G-O-W-I-T-H-Y-A-M-O. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. We're back. Welcome. I'm very excited for this new series where I'll be chatting to the artists featured in our upcoming International Women's Day auction. This is our second auction featuring an exclusively female lineup of artists from all over the world to unite in order to raise funds in support of the Hepatitis C Trust women's team. So in today's episode, I chat with Jane Shea and Julia Sheehan, who both coordinated the Hepsi Trust's women, women's prison team. I made a film with them both last year, which you can check out via our YouTube, Art on a Postcard, um, or on our Instagram, at Art on a Postcard. Having first met as inmates, Jane and Julia reconnected in the Hepsi Trust's offices. The pair found an opportunity to reach women in prisons and encourage an environment where women felt free to talk, come forward and get tested. Our prisons are full of women who should not be incarcerated, but who are in need of help and support through other means. Women in vulnerable positions are less likely to come forward and ask for help for fear of of the implications and increased exposure. By addressing women's needs, some women can avoid getting caught up in the criminal justice system and have their problems addressed in a more appropriate setting. Women with addiction issues are much more likely to have hepatitis C. The prevalence of hepatitis C among women in prisons is higher than in the male cohort. Getting tested and treated is a crucial step in rehabilitating women's health and lives. Jane and Julia discussed their most recent project, a magazine called I Am, which provides a cathartic outlet for women who are incarcerated. I hope you enjoy the episode. I always find them the most inspirational pair. They're so lovely and open and really drive home the importance of the work that they do and that every penny of Art on a Postcard goes, of our auctions goes towards that team makes me extremely proud. So I hope you enjoy the episode. So how are you both doing? It's nice to see you both. Have you still been like able to work together as a team? Because I know you guys were such a close kind of team before. Are you still still together? We're not. No, 
No. Sad. Sad. So, I, you know that I've left the prison team, hey? Have you actually, for good? Yeah, I've left the prison team. So I'm in the community now in southwest London. So <laughs> Julia and I are not a team anymore. I'm not working in the female prisons anymore. Oh, that brings a tear to my eye. You guys were the best. <laughs> Double act. <laughs> I have no. managed to jump out like into some community stuff with you, haven't I? Yeah, and we still we still talk. Like we've literally yeah. been on the phone for an hour this afternoon. So, yeah. <laughs> like we, we still, still we still run a lot of stuff by each other, and I am still so interested in what's going on with the females and we've done a little bit of work around kind of women coming out of prison into community and that kind of stuff so but yeah it's not the same so for the people who are listening who maybe haven't seen the film that we made last year um that would have explained kind of who you guys are and the work that you were doing um would you both mind just giving a little introduction just introducing yourself to any of the listeners and just saying kind of who you are how you got involved with the trust the work that you were doing and the work that you're doing now um so uh julia if you if you would hit us first yeah hi so uh, my name is julia sheehan and i coordinate the female prison program and i started off at the trust about three years ago as a volunteer in london for one of our peer leads in south london and um at that point in time it was only the um london prison team up and running And Rachel Halford, our CEO, wanted to branch out into the female prison estate. So an opportunity came up to um, move across and apply for a job as a female prison peer educator, which, I mean, for me, it was like, it was like a dream come true. I I just knew that that was the work that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, being an ex-prisoner myself and having hep C in prison, I, I... would have loved the support that we now offer so um it just there were, it, it just made total sense and um yeah and three years later um I coordinate the the, the national prison program for the female yeah. state amazing it's such a great a great um initiative it's so good um and I know how many people's lives that you've changed doing it um and then Jane if you would introduce yourself and kind of give a bit of a backstory on you as well Hi, I'm Jane Shea and I now work in the community in South West London. So I am leading the South West London community. I have been doing that for a couple of months, but previous to that, I've been working for the Trust for the last two and a half years. And um, I came on board maybe about eight months after Julia and I took the job that Julia was in originally so the peer educator role in the female prison estate and um, Julia and I, we were such, it kind of came together really organically, but Julia and I first met in jail about 15 years ago when we were prisoners and we crossed each other's paths then. And I was diagnosed with hepatitis C in that prison. And then all of these years later, we both, ended up working for the hepatitis c trust and it kind of really felt organic and it was meant to be and that we were this kind of two-woman team um kind of going across the country trying to clear hepatitis c from the prisons and it was really really lovely and um and it was the most amazing thing to be involved in um i have 
as I said, I have since moved on and, and not necessarily through um, through choice, but because it was local to me and I felt that uh, at this time that was something that I needed to do to be more local to my area. So mm. with regret, I have kind of moved on, but me and Julia are still, um, we're still very much in touch and I'm really interested in what's going on in the, uh, in the prisons, yeah. What was that like for you both? Do you remember your first meeting each other in jail? I do. I remember because um, I was a wing cleaner and um, on the induction wing. And it was the wing that everybody wanted to be on because it was the only wing with electricity at that time. So every other, yeah, it was. Do you remember that, Jane? So um, if you were if you moved on to the other house blocks, you've got a tiny little telly, which, you know, like those miniature tellies and it was battery. Yeah, really miniature. And it was battery run. So everyone wanted to stay on the induction because there was electricity. And um, uh, so I got quickly got a wing cleaner's job. And I remember Jane coming in and. um yeah, I remember, I mean, I remember being in the dinner queue with her. I don't remember much else. And people didn't stay long on induction. They moved along quite quickly. But um, but I definitely remember my first encounter. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. fun, how funny must that have been to like, did, did you just get the job, Jane? And then you both were like, hang on, I remember you from... I think for me, um, I, I don't think I remember meeting Julia... I think for Julia, it was probably more um, significant because what happened was I arrived there in the middle of the night because I had been brought in from another prison where, um, yeah, there was like an altercation and, oh God, it was horrible because I had kind of, there was this, um, I had been attacked by these three women in another prison who, um, yeah, and, and so they, they kind of moved me out in the middle of the night. So it would have been more significant for Julia than it was for me. And I wasn't, I don't really feel like I was actually there that long. So, um, but yeah, definitely when we started working together and we started talking to each other, um, and obviously we started talking about where I got my hep C diagnosis. And um, that was when we realised kind of that we, it was, I think Julia realised, oh, I think I remember you coming in because I spoke about, what on on what terms I'd come in Mm. and um yeah then we realized we'd both been in the same prison at the same time yeah so I take it so you made quite an entrance then when you (laughs) came through the door I think I might have had a black eye she was very visible put it that way (laughs) she was very visible yeah she had marks she had marks but um so and then and then years later we um both did uh different sentences in the same prison but like a year apart and were both um, had interactions with the, the hep C doctor that um, injured you. Um, so he's, he, is he a doctor? I think he's a um, virolo- virologist. Um, and he tried to treat me, but I do know that he treated you, Jane, hey? Yeah, so he treated me in, on my last sentence in Holloway, which was, a year before Julia's last sentence in Holloway, a year to the day we both got released as well. This this stuff has all become apparent as we've spoken more, but there's lots of synchronicity. Mm. Um, so I was released 
um, in at the end of August in 2014. But when I when I arrived in Holloway on that sentence, for some reason, it must have flagged up that I had hep C because it had been 10 years, I think, since my diagnosis. And there was obviously a little bit more work going on around hep C. There still wasn't the new treatment out, though. Mm-hmm. And so I went down to healthcare and met Dr. Gosh. And he, for me, he was like a guy who... I would say he's one of those people that out of all the people I've met in my life, and there's maybe been six or seven that I could significantly say changed my life. Um, in, in, in the way of, he just, he want, he's one of these guys who, um, may, and maybe for me, it was just the right time, but he made me feel like I wanted to do something kind for myself. Mm. Um, and yeah so and 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 for some reason that kind of window of opportunity opened opened for me there and I ran with it Mm. and I was probably at a point where I was just ready to say yes to something rather than say no to something and I said yes and kind of things went on from there Mm. yeah I did did for both of you did having that experience of you know treatment of um, hepatitis C in prison um, and then also just um, knowing the kind of behaviours and the the um, pre- misconceptions people have around hepatitis C did that experience I mean obviously it would have really um, sort of helped you know how to conduct yourselves and your groups in your um, in your peer groups for instance um, what were the main kind of lessons that you learned from say for example Dr Gosh or the ways that you were treated in there that you would try to use in in your groups well I think um for definite uh with Dr Gosh I had like a year later after um Jane I had a very similar experience I didn't actually get treated by him while I was in there um but he tried and he tried very hard to uh you know he, he got me down into healthcare like I think it was about four times trying to bleed me and and that that kind of someone else showing you that uh, you're worth it and and that they really want to treat you and that kind of kindness and was probably very helpful for me and I did leave and uh, not long after seek treatment in the community so um, I think in terms of um, women maybe with um, low self-worth or not not much self-care or self love how important it is for them to do treatment and the impact it can have on them of doing something so kind for themselves Mm. it can have uh, such a big ripple effect definitely definitely um because we know that obviously women with addiction issues are much less are much more likely to have hepatitis c which would obviously add another layer of kind of shame into the mix just because of how we also consider people with addiction issues as well in our society. Absolutely. And there's certainly um, on in, in any time that I spent in prison was never any support for women with hep C. And so everybody probably felt very alone with it. And, you know, that, that you, there was probably uh, quite a few people, if we'd joined together, it would have been a really supportive group, but nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to seek support. So I would have loved what um, the female prison team offer back then. It would have been so helpful to have, have gone to a group, to have, 
have been educated around it. I just had, I just didn't know. I just knew that I had Hep C. I didn't really know anything about it. So to have had some kind of awareness training or had someone come in and say, Do you know what? I had Hep C and, and I've got rid of it. And this is, this, it would have been, it would have been huge for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember you guys uh, telling me that you know, there are certain things, you know, sometimes when you might arrive and there's a new group in front of you in the prison, they might sort of at first just think, oh, who are these two kind of rocking up? Like they're going to sort of tell us about ourselves again. And then you share your story, you bring the biscuits and then actually you become like a, you know, a lovely peer group where everyone starts to sort of open up and feel a lot more comfortable around you. I mean, going back to what you said about what I would um, bring to the groups that we've done in prisons one of the you talked about shame and stigma and they are what we what Julia and I tried to do was to, just to create a conversation around hep C and to get talking about it Julia said that she that she never experienced anyone talking about it and for me when I was in jail I definitely there was a couple of times that I would be in my room and people would come back from the exercise yard and a girl in my room would say oh they're talking about you down there they're saying you're hepped up and so and that for me that felt I mean I definitely felt that I didn't show that I felt it but I definitely felt it and for me I was strong enough to continue doing my treatment and I was an older woman at the time but I definitely know that that has um, an effect and there's a lot of women that don't come forward to say they've got hep C because they are frightened of that so Julia and I have tried to create a conversation. We've gone into prisons and we've done these groups and we've done um, we've done events in prisons. And one of the prisons we used to go to, the first event we ever did, um, it was in a it was in the gym and there was lots of different stalls and there was lots of little goodie bags for people. And then there was our stall, which was Hep C, which was as you first came into the gym on the left, and people were walking towards us and then they'd see what we were doing and they'd be like oh no we're not going there don't show anyone don't go over to that stall that's a hep c stall so and um and then we carried on going into that prison and we built up a rapport with some of the women and within a year the next time we did an event we had girls wearing our t-shirts we had girls fighting over our t-shirts um <laughs> it was all like oh look here's julia and jane and like so it it really did it really does make a difference just having keep doing it and having a conversation because if you don't talk about something it just stays, stays like a secret it stays in the dark and that just festers whereas when it's open it's like yeah it's hep c and what you can get it treated in 12 weeks you know? yeah yeah i mean that's so that must just be such a sort of like you're saying breath of fresh air um just to have people realize that okay you might have addiction issues and you might have a a, a sort of a virus that has sort of um a lot of prejudice surrounding it but all of that is like completely fantasized and made up and rubbish and actually the actual reality is it's okay it's fine and you know we can wear t-shirts with hep c written on them or whatever and there's no shame in that this is like you said a treatable illness i think it's amazing and um it's it's just always great to hear you guys speak about this work because i can tell how passionate you are um so obviously before coronavirus most of your work would have been in the prisons, delivering your peer groups and conducting your tests and treats um, for hepatitis C. Um, what was the situation like for prisoners that you usually work with during this year or 2020, the worst year ever? Um, and how did COVID affect the work that you both do? 
Well, initially we were completely locked out of the prisons and I've, I'm I'm pretty sure that pretty much it's like that still now. I know that Julia's getting into a few and I'll leave that for Julia to talk about. But we were locked out initially and couldn't get, we couldn't speak to our peers. We couldn't do any of our groups. And it was awful for us because um, we, 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 we're on the other end of a laptop and we just didn't know what was going on. We'd done hits in a couple of prisons we um we couldn't get back in to follow up that work so we were just kind of really kept in the dark and for me that was um it was really difficult really difficult um what we started to do was we started to send emails to our peers and to some of the girls that we knew um if they wanted contact with us we did that we set up a um newsletter and sent that into people and we also found time to create the booklet the i am booklet which was um and we and we started sending that in as well so that was how we we got our contact but to be honest it was um it was really really hard mm. yeah, yeah it was hard to to, to it, the, the hardest thing for me was to think that that work wasn't going to be kept up because we'd put such a lot of effort and I feel like in January last year, Julia and I were literally spent most of our time in hotels and I had a suitcase in my kitchen that was open and I would come in, chuck some stuff in the washing machine and then chuck a new lot in and we'd be off again a couple of days later and we were like doing one hit after the other or preparing for one hit. And then to think this is going to happen and hep C services were being put on hold and they weren't testing, it was like such a... It was such a slap in the face to think that all of that work would have was going to kind of be all of the work we'd done and all of the promoting we'd done and all of that those conversations we'd started were going to kind of be shut down again. That was a difficult thing and that we'd have to maybe start it all again. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, Julia, what's it like for you now? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned earlier on today that you were supposed to go into prison um, today. How, how is that? How are you negotiating the kind of the new kind of parameters? So um, it's been very slow to open up in the female state. Um, they have mostly been on lockdown since March, which is... Um, it's very difficult. I mean, imagine that you get out for an hour a day and that's it. No groups are being run. Um, now now we've gone back into another national lockdown. I'm having to fight to still get into a couple of my prisons, but just um, it, it's very different work now. So um, as there's no groups being run, we can't deliver um, any kind of education. So it's more one-to-one work, um, be that over a telephone um, into cells from um, healthcare. So running a support clinic like that. Um, so it, it has changed and it's become about women that are needing treatment and supporting them. Um, and you know that that's all really I can do at the moment um, but saying that it's been um, you know it hasn't been great we always want to reach everyone and and carry on the amazing work we was doing up until March but we have to work with what we've got and um, and so the outcome of this is that relationships with like the, the hep C nurses that come in from the local ODNs, the local hospitals, has been built stronger. So now I will attend their clinics. So while they're um, treating and fibroscanning women, I'll be the support 
so I'll talk and I'll get you know I'll give a bit of education and I'll just support and um and actually it's been really powerful because um I mean of course it's always about the hep C because you know I work for the hep C trust but um these are women that have been locked locked on their own for a long time so it's become a bit more um intense work um but really rewarding and um for me I I really feel like I'm helping them and um I've seen uh, very much a rise in mental health definitely there's just absolutely no doubt about it um most of the women that I'm seeing at the moment have got quite high mental health needs um so it's just really supporting them through that so it's different it's different work but um I'm really grateful to be getting into the prisons that I am yeah and and I and I you know I'll I'll do a COVID test before I go in so that I make sure that I'm not bringing COVID into that prison I do a risk assessment um you know I just I just really, you know, have to be careful because I don't want to make the situation in the female prisons any worse than it is at the moment. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure you're doing the polar opposite of that. It sounds like you're doing some really helpful, useful work there um, and really supporting some people while they're in need. Because I suppose they've gone in there um, into prison and now they're kind of getting a heavier punishment than you know what they might have been served if it wasn't for coronavirus because they would have had the groups and everything like that so it's doubly unfair for those women which just must feel horrific really um so yeah sounds like amazing work um and so then Jane you did touch on the fact that you um have been putting together this I am um booklet magazine um could you tell our listeners a bit about what that is about because we are going to be using this um, as part of our campaign for the auction. So it'd be great to hear from you what that's about. Okay, so initially, Julia and I and Rachel had a meeting about maybe, gosh, like a year and a half ago, it could even be coming up to two years because with coronavirus, this kind of year is um, kind of, everything's out of whack. But um, so it was an it was an idea that we came up with and, we sat down in a little cafe with Henry, who I think you know who Henry is, but for, for the listeners, he is a really talented guy who, um, um, a pretty, well, he, he, um, he's, 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 he's an artist, basically, and we sat down with him to try and put something together. And because of the work Julia and I were doing, we didn't really ever find the time to do it. And um, lockdown gave us that space. So... We couldn't even remember the name of the magazine that we decided in the first place. And we, we kind of trudged through emails and I was ringing Julia and ringing Rachel. And I was like, what was the name of the magazine? And then I'd been like, I'm always at home and I'm always kind of like drawing while I'm watching the telly or doing outlines and stuff. And so it just sort of came together like that. And so the outline that you see with the face and then I was in collaboration with Julia and Rachel and saying, what do you think? Do we have the I am in the head or do we have it separate? And we all kind of decided that it would be in the head. And there was a reason behind that, which was like we wanted this line and we wanted it to flow and we wanted it to be part of the head rather than separate. And at the same time, um, we came up with this. So the, the I am sort of came from nowhere. But as we started talking about it, we realized that actually when you sit down and you say I am 
a woman, I matter, I am brave, I have hurt people, I have been hurt. You have these kind of one line sentences, which are really quite powerful. And it's making a statement, but there's no apology and you don't have to explain yourself. And it's almost like a mini life story in the form of just one line sentences. Um, so when, when, when we tried it out, I, I wrote the things, I mean, I literally have heads all over my house with so many different lines of writing in them because I kept trying to write it and I'm not very computer literate. So I was doing it by hand and I kept getting something wrong and starting again. So, um, but, but what, what we realized was it was something that was quite cathartic and that you could write this stuff down and what you are today, you might not be tomorrow, but that also we're all very multidimensional mm. and, um, and we wanted to let women, what, what, what the, um, the, the thing behind it was that we are not just about our hep C and this magazine wasn't to be focused on hep C. It, we wanted it to go out to the whole prison estate and we want, because the, the ethos behind the thing that me and Julia were doing in the prisons was, it wasn't just about, we want to come in and talk to women with hep C. We want to come in and talk to the whole prison. We want to create an atmosphere where it's okay for one woman to sit in a room and say, when she's coming into prison and say, um, I think I shared a needle with someone last night who might have hep C and for the woman next to her to say, oh my God, you should have a test rather than for those two women to be sitting in that room and not be that woman not be able to say that or, or to be judged. So we wanted the magazine to be um, something that went out to every woman, but that included women that had hep C and for the women with hep C to know that they're so much more than their hep C. Um, I could talk about this like, all day so you need to stop me maybe but um <laughs> no, so, so it's a it's a so you, you've sent out this this outline of the head and it goes out to all the women in the prisons and then they then um participate by writing in these one-line sentences or do you ever get more like if someone was to write down a few things or how, how does and then they send it back to you is that how it works so what happened was we, we we put them out into the whole prison estate and because of lockdown we didn't we wasn't able to get a response and it's only now that Julia's going back in that she's started to get people responding which and it's starting to um, get a life of its own really at one point we were talking about maybe doing an issue number two but Julia um, says no she wants to carry on working with this number one because it seems like this is where this is where it's at and where it's taking off and we, we we never really ever knew what was going to happen with the I am whether it was going to be a one thing whether it was going to go on to something else but we always knew that that outline could be transferred into something different which is amazing because it's great that now it's being taken over into um on a postcard and it is being transferred to be used somewhere else because that outline is so kind of transferable um and so so what happened was we've, we've started to get a few responses um and we also took it out into a couple of women's hostels and got responses for them and we also put it out to women at the trust who have had hep c and they also filled them in so and and it's amazing how different they were some people wrote poetry some people did it in emojis some people did it in hearts someone else wrote um I mean, I mean it's it was it was such like 
I felt when I started seeing them and Julia started bringing them back, I really felt like I, it was like a bit of a heavy load and that I was being trusted with something that was really, um, that people were opening up their hearts and they were trusting us with um, their, their truth. And that's quite an important thing to, it, it felt to me like something needed to be done with it. And I'm so happy that you, you are going to do that. So Mm, yeah amazing Julia what was it like for you when you'd first get these these pieces back um so, I mean um the timing wasn't great when it got sent to all the prisons because we were on a lockdown and so Jane and I were locked out so we it, it kind of got sent and then we don't know what's happened have they been parked up because like the prison's definitely busy with other stuff. We we couldn't monitor it, so uh, it it definitely has not reached its potential. Absolutely hasn't. And um, with me getting back into some of my sites, I've been able to push it a bit more. I've been able to show it to staff and say this is what it is, and and they're seeing it in a different, a completely different light. And there's been, I mean, for me, uh, it it. It's sad because I wish that Jane could have um, been there for some of the experiences that I I had when these women read the I Am book. book. And um, there was one really, really powerful um, um, example of a lady who I supported in clinic and she was not in a good place. She really wasn't in a good place. and. Um, you know, I offered to get her some, she, it turned out she's quite creative and I thought, oh, amazing. So I, I offered her an I Am book. I offered her some paper. We got her some pens and um, this was in the morning clinic. And then over lunchtime, I was delivering some staff training and one of the nurses from the prison knocked on the door, interrupted my staff training and said, Julia, to sit and speak to you so I went outside and she literally handed me this piece of paper that that um that the, the resident had completed her I am on she hadn't actually done it in the book she'd done it on just a separate piece of paper and it was so powerful even the nurse was crying and it was just like I, I don't know for me it was like I could feel the outlet for her you know, she had this outlet and, and she was so eager to do it. She's gone back in a terrible place. She was, she's gone back to herself and focused on it and was so, you know, urgently wanted to get it back to me. And it just felt really powerful. Every time I've got, I've received one back, which, I mean, this is what I'm saying. We haven't, I, I feel like we definitely haven't had the first, like this, this can go on. We haven't had the first wind of it even yet because it, you know, it, it does need a bit of a push because they're prisons, you know, and, and, and they have their own stuff to do. So it's really helpful with me being in there and pushing it. And I think we're going to get some um, mind blowing stuff coming back. I really, really do. Excited about it. I, I am. I think it's definitely going to have like a, a second life. Yeah. And what an amazing thing for that. For those people to have that way of expressing themselves like you know and it, it's just another thing that you guys are providing not only the education not only the testing the treating but also like you know spaces and to sort of express themselves creatively which is just 
you know, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Um, another lady who it spurred her to actually write us a letter, didn't it, Jane? Oh, good. Yeah. She wrote a letter. So, I, I mean, I wasn't there. She she um, saw the the um, viral hep C nurse who comes in from outside. I wasn't there. On her way out of healthcare, she's picked up an IAM from the side and she's read it and it's it, it was so impactful to her that she wrote her life story and sent it to head office oh my god I'm still I still support her I still support her I'm trying to get in and get um her I am off her but it's just so difficult because if I have access I might not necessarily have access to face to face so it's just tricky but um but I will get it hopefully I'll get it off her tomorrow but um but yeah that that's how powerful it is wow great yeah I um I went down to Brighton to to a women's house that um, one of our colleagues Zoe covers that area and she took me down there and I took a few IAMs with me and we did a group and some of the women that were in there one of them did the I am straight away and she gave it to me and it was amazing it was really powerful and um, the next day I got an email from the woman who runs the house and she sent me another copy of the I am from another girl and she said that when she came in that morning there was hope in the house and I was just like oh my god so yeah so it just does feel that there's like a bit of a responsibility that goes with it and um, it's not just a, a just it's not just a magazine I've definitely feel a sense of responsibility in getting back to these women and kind of staying connected with them and finding out what happens to them yeah yeah and that's it with that with the magazine I've just finally like hearing you say that Jane that's it it's when you know um when we go in and deliver the magazine and talk about it and bring it to life it 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 does something bigger than it just being like given out as a cell drop. Do you understand what I mean? It's like it it makes it come alive or something. I don't know what, what I'm trying to say, but, it, but I know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes total sense, definitely. Um, like you guys can breathe some life into it and it can, you know, ha has the potential to spread its wings and go further. Um, and I'm sure it will, you know, as soon as all this stuff ends which hopefully won't be too long like um you know the project's just going to keep growing and growing and you know make improving people's lives for the better which is great um I'm always like so in awe of the work that you both do I just think that you're both amazing incredible women so I'm really really excited to um for our auction to be supporting the work that you guys are doing um and you know long way it continue I hope you have an amazing next few months um and yeah thanks very much for talking with me today oh thank you for having us rosa thank you rosa thank you so lovely to see you as well yeah, yeah. it's nice to see you both too oh. um take care look after yourselves and all of that stuff as well we've just ordered another load haven't we Jane? <laughs> they're, they're in my hallway brilliant <laughs> all right amazing thanks guys thank you bye bye thank you for listening to art on a podcast to find out more about anything in today's episode go to artonapostcard.com and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at art on a postcard goodbye